2: To the Mile Man Said podcast. It's something for the weekend time. Joining me, David Michael, to look ahead to the clash against Bournemouth at Villa Park, Mr. Chris Bird. Welcome. Hello. How you doing? Not too bad. Not too bad. Yesterday, two visitors to Bodymore Heath, Villa's training ground Prince William and uh, Mile Man Said. Two royal visitors, eh? I think we overlapped uh, by a split second because I'm I'm sure that very statesman-like tinted windows black car that pulled out as uh, I got there was him leaving uh, the gaff. We were there uh, for the fan consultation group meeting. The meeting was essentially to move from the fan consultation group to the fan advisory board. Because of new Premier League guidelines, well, this is basically, they're trying to preempt the white paper from the government to have for clubs to have uh, proper consultation with their supporters. So Villa have been doing a good job of this for the last five years. I mean, I've been on, on the fan consultation group since its inception. And also being a member of the Football Supporters Association, you know, you know, I'm well aware of of other teams and what they uh, don't do and what they do and uh, you know over half the premier league teams don't really have a consultation with their supporters so the bigger picture is uh, the government because of the fan-led review they've put it high on their priorities so uh, we had a a meeting there we also got to chat to johan lang for a while i I got to uh, ask him a series of questions in terms of his role As a sporting director and and what is happening, uh, obviously you've got all the managerial change and very three different managers since he's been at the club. So are we doing a model where there is like this kind of sustainability of what Villa are underneath whoever the manager is? Uh, So it's a bit more seamless. Uh, That's not, the impression I kind of got at this moment is, uh, and in terms of Villa Way and Villa Engineers from previous sporting directors, uh, we, we we spoke about that. Actually, he's more about it's more of an evolution of what will be rather than a preset notion of what Villa will be in terms of style. I mean, I, I spoke about this in the, an extra show I did for my own Manson members. So if you are a member, uh, do check that out, like an initial reaction. Also got to meet uh, Emery's coaching staff, his assistant uh, Paco, and also uh, Damien, who's uh, like the chief of staff there really great guys actually I mean they, Paco used to work under Benitez at Liverpool when they won the Champions League so you know both of them their English is excellent very very funny and you know very genuine uh, and nice guys and we also met Austin McPhee as well he he walked through when we were chatting to Emery's uh, two chaps but the funny thing is uh, that there was a through lineup. I think Lang mentioned it uh, we, we said a uh, message from uh, Emery to pass on to other supporters uh, and also uh, the, two, the two Spanish coaches said can you please tell your fellow supporters just to relax when we're playing out the back (laughs) it's like just trust us i I think damien said okay okay we we apologize for some of the goals we conceded at villa park (laughs) where we're you know but it's like a process It's, it's like we we're hoping for
0: a written apology thanks mate
2: he said we will have good things for you just you know be patient and, and help us and, and trust us and the idea is is to create more opportunities in attack but it was funny it was just it was almost like an ongoing joke and you know they're very conscious uh and in you know good nature uh, of uh how villa park kind of reacts and you know sometimes it's heart in mouth it's some of the playing out the back You know, it's very much a process. I mean, we used to say back in the day, I mean, remember when that documentary came out of Pep Guardiola? I think I gave away a few copies uh, in a competition. And the first thing they say when Pep goes to Barcelona, Barcelona are giving away cheap goals because they are learning on the job and emery very much you know when you say it's like international break and the lazy thing from local reporters is oh so it gives what well, anybody it gives you a chance to get down your philosophy and uh, you know this is a welcome international break it's always a narrative so there's no it's one there a- Emery prefers to actually learn in game, so this is very. I mean, I've referred to this season on the website as a, as a sandbox, and he prefers to learn in game, play the game, and then they get back into the like the cinema room they have now at the new Buddy Moore and then they learn from dissecting what's actually happened, and and not like the hypothetical of training grounds. So that's kind of interesting. Uh, then uh, Damien, the chief of staff, said also. Uh, he said, "Can you tell your fellow fans?" <laughs> not to say shoot when Douglas is taking a corner. <laughs> he, said, he said, because Austin has been working today all day on a special new set piece r- routine, ooh. so don't say shoot. We've got so, something ooh. so
0: much better coming. <laughs> yeah.
2: Something that's it's like the piece de resistance of set pieces. It's going to trump scoring directly from a corner. It's going to be uh, Austin's epitaph. It's going to be a Sistine Chapel. Exactly, it's going to be a work of art. Uh, but it's funny that they're, they're very conscious of how the crowd is reacting, and uh, you know, obviously they they hear it. But it's good that they, uh, with good humor, relay that uh, to supporters as well.
0: I mean, I, f- I think most fans can see that it's you know, quote unquote, a process. But sometimes it is a bit heart in mouth at the same time, isn't it? <laughs> and I'm all, and I'm all for the playing out from the back and all that stuff but sometimes you think oh god what are you like the decision making is a little bit questionable sometimes but that's it's all part
2: of it and it also you know you would need new personnel to uh, let's say play so that we'll way up a bit. More, more efficiently and level up and yeah, you know yeah. the playing might not necessarily be 100% better than the players that you've got it's just that they're probably better in the way you want to play,
0: yeah. We can if if you get you get guys in who can execute your plan, and you know also uh,
2: Lang spoke uh, about the Duran transferring in great detail, and also the Kamara transfer, and these are things I'll, I'll talk about later uh, in the main show, or, or maybe more specifically in a in a extra member show as well. So stay tuned for that. Let's get down to the something for the weekend business, where we look ahead to uh, what Villa have to take care of uh, and it's uh, Bournemouth coming to Villa Park so to bring us up to speed first I think it's time for
0: a Villa Minute right are you ready I am ready Let's do this. Villa were looking to extend their winning runs to three against a West Ham team who had beaten them the last five times they'd met. However, the Hammers, in the middle of a relegation battle and so desperate for goals, they had to buy Danny Ings' office were perhaps ripe for the picking. It was a welcome return to the matchday squad for Diego Carlos following his injury absence since August. Both sides traded blows early before Villa grabbed the initiative. The lively Moreno had the freedom of East London to deliver an inch-perfect cross for Watkins to bury his sixth goal in seven games. The hosts were gifted an annoyingly soft penalty to level the game. Villa could have had a penalty themselves when Buendia was felled by rice in the box surely it was worse than the Hammers penalty incident but VAR didn't act One all it finished neither team really deserving to lose and ultimately a point donated by Villa to ensure West Ham stay up so they could pocket a further 3 million for the Ings sale a stern test against the Bournemouth side making a good fist of their relegation battle awaits as Villa return to home comforts before the international break Villa will be looking to turn around their recent record against the Cherries as they've lost the last
2: four. Oh, can you see a theme here Lost the last five against West Ham, lost the last four against Bournemouth. <laughs> it's ridiculous, is it not?
0: Mm, what have we been doing? United in the previous 27 at home. Yeah, there's, there's, there's plenty of records. What have we been doing in be the last kind of... 10 years or so? <laughs> what well, we know uh, what we've been doing
2: for a decade. Surely beyond a joke. I think now we're so, we're so desperate now. We've tried everything. We're now playing it out the back. That's where we're at at the moment. So I'm, 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 I'm all in now. This surely yeah. has to be the, the cure, the, uh, the antidote for getting beat consecutively by seemingly everybody. I mean, West Ham, Bournemouth. I mean, especially Bournemouth. I mean, woo. Stevenage. <laughs> Stevenage. <laughs> all right. So Bournemouth, since Rudy Gusted scored that goal, under Sherwood, opener of the season, always remember that yellow kit at Bournemouth's ground. They've just beaten us every time. We've conceded at what at least two goals in every game.
1: Is We've just correct?
0: been crap, <laughs> frankly. Yeah, especially away from home.
2: Yeah, there's still this narrative. It was actually repeated at this meeting at Bodymore Heath that the loss on the opening day, you know, knocked the stuffing out of us and never recovered under Gerard. You know, and I reminded them that well, it happened the. The season before, you know, against Watford, a newly promoted team at their patch, when we got beat three two. Yeah, are we really getting the stuffing knocked out of us after the opening games against newly promoted teams, and it's leading to our manager getting sacked in the autumn every time? Surely we're we're bigger than that. But anyway, you've kind of got to be. Yeah, uh, in terms of just quickly, uh, in terms of the overall picture here, I mean, what one thing. Also, from the meetings yesterday, was and it mirrored exactly what I put out in the article, uh, saying that you know, the challenging path to finish in the top half because there's that sandbox mentality of you know, they're trying to get something right really for next season, they're, they're bedding down the style, and it has to be learned in game. You, you can't really replicate it, can you? On the training yeah. field, I think the loose goal is as long as you finish in the top half, that's tangible progress. and you're on to the next season it's as simple as that Mm -hmm. fans thinking that oh our you know our form's improved under emery we can make a last dash for europe they're not even thinking about that in terms of mindset but they can't publicly go out and press conferences and saying fans forget about europe because it's like well what are you doing you know you'd get accused of having no ambition and uh, it could be spun in many different ways So I get that. That's always been my understanding is this season is about getting down how you play and it has to be learnt in-game. And if you can get in the top half, which we should do you know, some of our results lean that way, then all well and good. It seems like we, you know, you look at the table now and you think, look at the teams, you know, the likes of Brentford, Brighton, Fulham, and you think, yeah, we should do, no problem. But when you analyse it further, I mean, before the midweek games, if you look at, let's say, the difficultness of the remaining games of every team, and you basically judge that on a points per game average of the teams you're playing, and Villa did have the third hardest running uh, and 1.45 was the points per game of the teams they're playing the hardest is forest 1.57 and then newcastle 1.5 so over those 12 games it's you know these are not easy fixtures especially the back end and so you're looking for the positives of you know how can we And you know there's an article on the the website about this well in, in terms of the next four games villa have nobody apart from fulham has an easier run of games when i say easier i mean statistically because the ppg points per game of their opponents fillers is 0.94 the only team lower than that is fulham who have got uh, four games of an average of 0.84 so we've got a strike in those four games and when you look at those four games they're not easy because you're a, you're away at chelsea you're away at leicester and then your home yeah. games are against uh Bournemouth and Forest. So you've really got to pick up at least two wins, and I think if you can stay unbeaten in those four games and, and win at least two, then uh, you're doing. If you want to really get in that top half, then that's the first real step because it gets a bit,
0: uh, let's say, gritty, at, uh, in, especially in May. Yeah, it's a difficult. It's I think it's one of the more difficult runnings to be honest. Just because you look at the teams, not only are they good sides, but they're they're all teams who are likely to have things to play for. Yeah. Um, so that PPG bar actually- Wolf should be okay.
2: Yeah, so that B- PPG actually uh, kind of resonates. So that is the the aim. The big picture is getting how we play down and hopefully you finish top half, and then, then you move on. Simple as that. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving Olive of in June. In terms of Bournemouth, though, and where they're uh, at, I mean, in terms of the form, the last six games, I mean, it's 12th Villa versus 13th Bournemouth. So teams Mm. both in recent form, and unfortunately for Villa, that includes the uh, the three consecutive losses, and two of those are against the top two. In Bournemouth's case, when you say the 13th in-form team, when you look at their fixtures... You've got to look in the, the kind of more detail because they've beaten Liverpool, who were fresh off beating the United 7-0. Yep. They lost only at, at the Emirates in like, was it 97th, 98th minute yeah, of injury time? They, would
0: have got, they, were, they were 2-0 up in that one.
2: Yeah, fair enough. They got tonked by Manchester City. Can happen to anybody. And then, you know, they beat Wolves away from home yep, the and game they got before that, against and then Newcastle. Drew, drew against Newcastle, yeah. So this is a team that's not a pushover
0: by any means. That were they were capable, um, and they've, they've sort of they've been getting their house in order recently. I think they've at one point they probably looked like they were not necessarily a in I don't think anybody got cut adrift, but you thought you you would really fear for them a few weeks ago, and you think actually now they're getting results and they're taking it to the the teams you know, much further above them. They would probably look at a game like Villa away as one to target the potential to get something from. That said. Their away form
2: has been pretty atrocious. I mean, the, the win at Wolves was kind of an anomaly in terms of, you know, that's the the only mm-hmm. points they've got in their last uh, six and, and beyond. They're, you know, they've got the 17th worst away record. And if they hadn't beaten Wolves, if they'd lost that, they'd essentially be the worst away team uh, in the league. Mm-hmm. So based on that, I mean, Villa need to take care of business here. And you know, I don't care what happened uh, when we went to their ground. It's time to put that right, as well as try to collect as many points as we can in those next four games before the the road gets uh, tougher. So, in terms of the, the threat meeting for a closest case to how they'll line up against Villa, I am looking at that the win against Wolves recently. Their only away win in mm-hmm. uh, recent memory and they kind of played is it Slanky up front with the three behind him and it's kind of similar to what we played against West Ham two deep sitters three behind
0: yeah it it tends, a, a it tends to change, though. Yeah, it's been changed. They, they, they generally play Solanke as a lone man, then it changes behind. It's quite fluid. So at Arsenal, they played a back five and sort of four off a lone striker and just went, right, we're going to sort of park the bus, hit on the break. And they did that very well. They may well yeah. do that against Villa because I think you can actually let Villa have the ball and say, well, play yourself into trouble. At home, I think they, they took it more to Liverpool. It was like a 4-4, four, four, kind of 1-1, one, one, really, with Billing off Solanke. Um, you know, Billing's been scoring recently. He's probably the main sort of like the lone threat for goals. I've never really had Solanke down as a particularly prolific striker, but he is a handful.
2: Yeah, I mean, Billings got six goals this season and Solanke's only got three. But as you said, he's more, I mean, he's, he's got more assists. Uh, that kind of uh, sums up the mm. kind of player he is. He, they kind of play off him, don't they?
0: So I think if you can actually stop the supply line to him, you'd actually, you can kind of cut out cut out the threat so with that said
2: there's no need to go into deep analysis here because you've just got to win this game <laughs> and in terms yep. of uh regardless of learning on the pitch as we beat what we've been talking about you you would want uh three points here just from what happened at the start and if you're not yep. going to win a game like this then when are you going to win a game in the run-in we ha- do have so in terms Agreed. of pool panels results
0: you go first i'm going to go home win I don't think it'll be a convincing home win but I do. I think it'll probably be similar to the Palace game to be honest.
2: Well I'm hoping uh, I saw enough against West Ham to suggest hopefully it won't be like the Palace game or else I want my money mm. back We gave it advance. a good go-to fair
0: didn't we? First half against West Ham we were, we were a good watch.
2: Yeah cause we, and we were playing like uh, as you would imagine as playing at home because mm-hmm. we were creating uh, well we had a lot of possession I think the first half we were up to like 69% which is crazy away from home against West Ham who you would expect to I mean statistically they haven't been they were bottom three in terms of possession before we went into that game so yeah I, uh, I would be surprised if we don't win this game put it that way get the job done please but again it, there's a subplot isn't there you, as well as watching the game in terms of the result you're also watching the uh, the evolution of how uh, Emery wants to play and there is always the interest of how will the opposition press and how will Villa react to that you, you would have noticed over the last couple of games they've they've kind of slowed the game down to have more control at a slower pace to get into that rhythm so then they can obviously quicken it and quicken it as they get more accustomed to it so you know this is the subplot of you watching the evolution take place and seeing how the team hopefully uh, will improve
0: and I, th- I think most understand it a little bit more now. We can see what they're trying to do. To begin with, you thought, well, is there a, like sort of like an aimlessness or is there a little bit of, you know, there was the word like pissing around with it a lot. And there's, there's still a little bit, of that I might add, but people can actually see, you saw it at West Ham, when it all works, you kind of go, oh, okay, this is how we want to play. Or you saw the goal against Palace and you go, right, that's when this system works. So at least we can see the progress happening as opposed to, you know, when at times under the previous managers you look at it sort of with your head in your hands going, I don't see what we're trying to do here. I think it's it's quite plain for all to see now. Yeah. Sometimes it's going to, it'll come unstuck a little bit but you can actually see what the, the approach is now.
2: Yeah, you, you see the bigger picture now and yeah. obviously the smaller picture is where we finished this season and, and getting results in the bigger picture is uh, how this sets up the next season, you know, well, the next, you know, the seasons to come. Right, thank you very much also to the Mayo Man Said members uh, for supporting the show and also if you want to become a my old man said member and get access to extra shows there's actually a couple that dropped in the last week the mad few sessions and also my initial Bodymore uh, body More heath learnings from you know speaking to lang paco austin McPhee etc and, and kind of getting a mood for uh, where villa are sitting at the moment you know it's all it's all useful uh, information and it's more for knowledge to uh, pass on to supporters so they're not having to feed uh, from the troughs of people making out they're in the know and and uh, there'll be further uh, insights as well in a couple of other extra shows i've got uh, in the works then as well as the extra shows you also get at free versions of every show here so if you find the ads annoying and most people do then uh, one way to get rid of them is to become a member and also you get all part of the uh, the setup is membership of match club as well our 24 7 community so please do go to my and uh, click on the membership link to get more details there or find it on our link tree and do join us and get some real insights because that's why i have these meetings is basically to get proper information to inform supporters and also make sure that uh, you know the podcast knowledge is on point so thank you very much right then mr bud time is a ticking and i'll see you at villa park you will